All right. Very pleased that Premier Jason Kenney has uh, found time to join us today. Premier Kenney, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks very much, Jay. I'm in a car, so hope, hopefully it's not too loud. Sounds fine. No problem at all. Yeah. Um, so this is it. Last full day as uh, Premier of Alberta. How does that feel? Is it a relief? Are you angry? Are you regretful? How does it feel on this final day? feels like any other day. I'm, I just finished a news conference announcing uh, an agreement with the Philippines government to uh, help bring more uh, wonderful Filipino nurses to help our healthcare system, expanding bridging programs for nurses, 50 new ICU beds. Yesterday I announced probably one of the most important things in Alberta's modern economic history. Uh, it's going to add 10 million airline seats to Alberta. Uh, billions to our economy uh, with WestJet choosing Alberta as yeah. its exclusive global hub. And my point is, Shay, uh, I don't sit around in introspection. That's not the kind of person I am. I just get the, uh, get her done, and that's what I'm doing right up to the last minute. You certainly are. I mean, and there's people saying, oh, he's trying to build a legacy. He's trying to change the tenure. I mean, is it is it that? Is it trying to get all the things done that you wanted to get done before the clock runs out? What's the, Or is it just this is how Jason Kenney operates? It's not very complicated. You showed up for work today, so did I. I'm just doing my job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, 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 if you, since I don't have anything left to lose, I'll just say so much of that political commentary where people are always, like, overthinking things and imputing motives, it's it's just silly. Uh, it, you know, people in public life are at least me, mm. what motivates me, God knows it's not the adulation. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting things done. And uh, that, if there's a legacy, it's this government has got a lot done, like 375 platform commitments who delivered a 93% of them, an economic boom, fastest growing population in our history, more people working in Alberta than ever before, $160 billion of new investment, unprecedented diversification, uh, a stronger province, a stronger economy. Um, I, I'm... Uh, I'm more optimistic than I've ever been about Alberta's future. And you're right. There, there's a lot of really, really good things that have been happening in our province in the last little while here. There's no question. But as you know, and you're not going to argue, there were some disasters along the way. How will history judge Jason Kenney? Some of it was your doing, some of it completely out of your hand. We had a pandemic. But looking back, how will history judge your time as Premier of Alberta, do you think? Well, I don't know, and I'll leave that to, to others. Uh, I, I don't agree, though, about disasters. If you're talking about COVID, Shay, we... Uh, yeah, response was not perfect. Tell me whose was or whose yeah. could be facing a totally unprecedented global uh, public health crisis, collapse of the world economy, and for Alberta, biggest collapse of energy prices ever. Uh, you know, Shay, we've exited, uh, I mean, COVID, the virus will still circulate, but we're past the pandemic, and it uh, we, we leave it with a lower a fatality rate for COVID than Canada, lower than three provinces. Unlike several provinces, we never had to ship ICU patients out of our province. Uh, and uh, we did that with the least damaging restrictions. I, I was I just at an event at MRU and a, uh, a um, administrator there came up to me, said he, he moved here from Nova Scotia partly because of Alberta's COVID response, because we, we avoided the kind of hard lockdowns that he, his family found so damaging uh, in Eastern Canada. So uh, I'll tell you, uh, our, our response was not perfect, uh, but uh, I think that is, uh, in the broader context of things, Alberta did well. 
uh, compared to many, many places around the world and across Canada. I, I wonder if there's ever a moment where you think, oh boy, I could have just stayed in Ottawa. I mean, I was a big wheel in Ottawa, very highly placed within the National Conservative Movement. I didn't have to do this. Is there regrets? Could you, or are you still thinking, you know what, it was right to come out here and, and become Premier of Alberta? No, yeah, to be honest with you, um, yeah, after the 2015 federal election, uh, I... Uh, and done, really mentally done with politics, wanted to move on to new and different challenges. And, and that's where my headspace was at in, in 2015 and, and early 16. Uh, but then I, I really, you know, just walking out of MRU, a, another staff member rushed up to me uh, just like five minutes ago and said, quote unquote, he said, Premier Kenny, I met you during your first leadership campaign. And I, I said to you then, please help uh, save Alberta and our economy. He said, you did that. You turned it around. Thank you. So I, I don't have regrets. Um, I decided to, I saw the disaster unfolding under the NDP. I was deeply concerned that they would forever change the political culture of Alberta to the politics of envy uh, that, that animates socialism. And I wasn't going to let that happen to my province. I'm a stubborn Irishman, and I was, I was going to fight back, and I did. Uh, with a huge number of people. So I'm grateful for the opportunity to have done so. Uh, I, it was never my intention to be in this job for a long time. Uh, I might have maybe stuck around for a couple of more years, uh, but I'm, ha- I'm personally super excited about uh, getting some, something more like a normal life, <laughs> uh, getting figuring out what a weekend is like, um, and and being able to su- pursue some more personal interests and different challenges, but uh, I feel like I'm going on le- le- leaving 25 years of public life on a high shade with this province firing on pretty much all cylinders. Uh, a couple of things that you raised there that I want to dig a little deeper into, if I can, and, and that is uh, you were going to fight. You were going to fight. That's what you came here for. You were going to fight for Alberta. You were going to fight against socialism. You were going to fight against Trudeau. You were going to fight. It was fight, 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 fight. Some of the fights, I think. Can we be honest? You went in promising to fight fights that you knew, Mr. Kenny. You couldn't win before you even started. You were going to lose before they started, but it was all about encouraging people to get behind the fight. Was it just selling the fight? Uh, well, I, I disagree, uh, Shay. Like, you know, people said you have no chance. Rachel Bontley guaranteed that we have no chance of winning on our constitutional challenge of the carbon tax. We won four to one at the Alberta Appeal Court. The Alberta Appeal Court, but that doesn't matter. And and, and three of the eight Supreme Court justices agreed with us. I mean, it could have gone the other way. It was a credible case. We almost, we we won at one level and narrowly lost at the other. I was also told by the NDP and many of the the know-it-alls, you know, all these like um, so-called pundits, there was no point in fighting uh, the No More Pipelines Law Bill C-69. Uh, we won a historic 4-1 to judgment at the Appeal Court, and I got all nine other provinces to join us so that we're not isolated. We have strength in numbers. Uh, we've, we fought to, to raise the cap on the fiscal stabilization program. I know that sounds kind of boring, but it's worth billions of dollars to Alberta, and we won. Uh, we... Um, you know, we fought to get a billion dollars to put blue-collar oil field workers back to work during the crisis two years ago from Ottawa. We got that. We helped to create thousands of jobs. But most importantly, Jay, we, we fought for an economic renewal here that's taking off. Yes. I mean, that that, that announcement uh, yesterday from WestJet is a game-changer. for. But by the way, that will improve air service in Edmonton, not just Calgary. The huge new hydrogen economy, we paved the way for that with policy. The petrochemicals. 
the uh, film and television, the manufacturing, the huge new de Havilland plant, and so much of the, the booming tech sector. Edmonton has the fastest growing tech sector in North America. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I say fight, I mean, like, like get in, you, you, it means bringing intensity to the, to, uh, the sometimes slow moving uh, process of politics. And that's, if, if nothing else, people might accuse me of being too intense. But um, well, I think some accuse you of not being intense enough. And I think that's the next question I want to ask is yeah. where we are now. Uh, the fight has been elevated and now it's gone nuclear to a lot of people. And I know you've expressed some concern about what that means for the conservative movement in Alberta, if that continues to be the focus of the party. Um, did you start that fire? Are you worried that it's gotten out of control? Um, well, I am worried about the, the future uh, of uh uh, a politics if it becomes characterized by the uh, ex- extreme views yeah, of a small yeah. fringe. I mean, I, as I've said, uh, there were um, in Ontario, for example, six uh, MLAs in Ontario terms who criticized government on uh, COVID policy and vaccines. Uh, they got thrown out of the Conservative caucus. They started two alt-right parties that got 2% of the vote. I don't think we should let 2% of the electorate govern the province. And I, I, I think that, you know, I have tried imperfectly, admittedly, to to maintain a Big Ten conservative coalition yeah. that is grounded in the uh, values and aspirations of the broad mainstream. And that doesn't mean, like, right smack in the middle of the political spectrum, but it means not going off in uh, anti-science, separatist, uh, conspiracy theory directions, and uh, I, I just trust that Albertans won't won't let that happen. That they'll uh, uh, they'll ensure that their government and, uh, is is in touch, you know, respectful of the rule of law, uh, and and that the, fo- the the small minority who just want to burn everything down don't end up. Uh, uh, governing the province. I know you're a very political animal. You live and breathe politics. And I want to ask you that same question, not about Alberta, but about the world in general. There's all kinds of um, pundits and analysts and political scientists and people talking about the war on liberal democracy that's taking place around the world. You don't have to look that far to see examples of it. Um, Are you concerned about that? Do you think democracy as we know it and we've sort of built in the Western world is under threat right now? Well... Um, maybe in some places, but fundamentally our institutions are strong. And, you know, one of the, I'm partly a conservative because I believe in the strength of our institutions, of our customs. You you, you know, some some angry people and coarseness on social media uh, cannot undo uh, the fundamental bedrock of our uh, part parliamentary democracy grounded in hundreds of years of, of, of history the 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 uh, rule of law uh of um of ordered liberty of uh a parliamentary democracy uh we have uh, institutions that are i believe so strong that they can withstand uh sometimes destructive passions Taking a look at the time that you spent as premier, I mean, we were talking about a pandemic, which, as you said, 
absolutely nobody had a, a rule book and nobody handled it perfectly. Do you think you talked about the approach that you took where you tried to be the big tent leader and have everybody have, did that end up costing you in the end? Would it have been better right at the beginning? Maybe it was Aloha Gate, whatever it was saying, that's it, you're done. You either you're in line, I'm the leader, get in line. I'm not going to entertain the sniping from the sidelines. We're all on the same team or you're off the team. Would that have been a better approach for you to take? Yes. That's simple, eh? <laughs> I mean, I, I observed, look, I was uh, part of Stephen Harper, Harper's caucus, yeah. and th- th- we nobody would tolerate that kind of stuff. Uh, l- look, uh, Francois Legault was just, just won a huge mandate with, with a, I think Quebec was way too restrictive uh, on COVID, but they, they, uh, the government chose a direction and the people just ratified it. Uh, Ontario, the same thing. I just told you, like, Doug Ford removed six MPPs mm-hmm. from his caucus for going offside policy and being against vaccines, et cetera. They formed two alt-right parties, which got 2% of the vote. He won an historic mandate. Scott Moe, the same thing. He had some of the same tensions internally, but it never became disruptive. And so I, I, I admit I, I came to this with perhaps a naive and idealistic view about... Uh, uh, about caucus in the parliamentary system. And um, uh, I, I wouldn't take the same approach uh, if I had it to do all over again. I would take an approach much more similar to Stephen Harper, uh, Scott Moe, and Doug Ford. Um, as you say, it's a 25-year political career that uh, is at least at a crossroads. Uh, you're still a young man, though. So, so what is the plan? What does the future hold for you? What's next? You guys hiring? Well, you, you, now, now you're a radio host? <laughs> that was, I mean, I've seen that pattern play out before. I, I don't know. You know, I, honest, honestly, Shay, I, I've been I've been given her, like, my staff can tell you, I think I've been averaging about four hours of sleep uh, a night for the past couple of weeks, just, just getting her done. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've not allowed myself to uh, spend a lot of time thinking about that. But I, I, um, I will stay uh, as a member of the Legislative Assembly for at least a period of time. Um, I want to certainly honor my constituents, and then uh, uh, I hope to have a, a bit of time to catch up on sleep and and think about the future. And I, I suspect I would really like some opportunities in the private sector and uh, to carve out some time where I can continue uh, to uh, have an, some impact on issues about which I am passionate. Uh, so you might you might see me doing some work for think tanks and mm-hmm. uh, doing some writing. Uh, about issues that I, frankly, you know, 25 years, I've got some experience and maybe even a little bit of expertise on some issues that I'm passionate about. Indigenous economic development, we just had, had some huge breakthroughs on that, not by accident. Um, you know, immigration reform and, and policy. For my, I'm the longest-serving Canadian immigration minister. Foreign policy. I deployed the Canadian military to train the Ukrainian forces. I'm very passionate about you, Ukraine. So you, you might don't be surprised if you see me over there in Ukraine trying to find a way to, to help with their reconstruction. So uh, I'm looking forward to whatever the future brings, though. Uh, and, uh, you know, Stephen Harper said to me after the 2015 election, he sat down to kind of map out his future. Yeah. And he decided that he was never going to retire. And uh, I've decided that's a pretty good aspiration for myself as well. But you're, you're not you're not saying you're running for re-election in the spring. That, that's off the table. No, we can no, safely no. assume that. 
not uh, running for re-election. I've been clear about that. Uh, 25 years, I paid my dues. <laughs> I've uh, done my service, and uh, it's time for different and new people. Fair enough. Um, what about the party that you built, that you created, that you united? I mean, you brought the UCP into existence under your leadership, and three mm. years later, it's sort of, um, you know, coming apart at the seams, some might say. It's hanging on. It's still there. There's a leadership race today. How do you feel about the party that sort of came together under your leadership? Well, I think it has uh, the potential to um, uh, to reunite and to, and to be reelected. I think re- I'm my government is leaving an amazing foundation of of achievement. Ninety three percent of our platform commitments kept this huge economic renaissance, unprecedented diversification of population growth. All of it, uh, if uh, the party and next government decide to actually continue to focus on getting the job done for people's day-to-day concerns and not flying out into an orbit of things like de facto separatism, uh, getting into fights with the courts and uh, and uh, indulging conspiracy theories about vaccines and, and taking an anti-science posture. Like, if, if that's where it goes, uh, I would not be optimistic. But if it's uh, if it's a mainstream free enterprise party focused on on the broad priorities of the public, uh, I think it it will do very well. Premier Kenny, I appreciate your time today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, and thanks for always uh, being uh, more than willing to come on the show and, and share your thoughts with us. I do appreciate it. Hundred percent. Thank you so much. Rick. Thank you. That is Premier Jason Kenny. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.